I'm Janine. This is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, and this is Get the Funk Out. Standing by to join me is Zach Ferber, and I've known him for a long time now, and he's got an incredible story to share about loss and resilience and great advice on self-care, especially right now. Welcome to the show. Hey, Janine. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. I cannot keep track of you. You're like, I'm here. I'm here. I'm, <laughs> I'm up north. I'm down south. Yeah, it's, uh, I know we have to juggle a little bit to get the, the time to work out, right? So I appreciate that. But um, yeah, I mean, nonstop every day, try to keep moving forward. I yeah. think that's the best way to stay sane, I guess. Isn't it? Crazy. Yeah. yeah. Have you always been into fitness? Because you, you started your own business at one point or side business? Yeah. So, I mean, I, that really helped throughout kind of my life to keep structure. At one point, I did a, a bodybuilding show, which, you know, so six to eight months of just eating six times a day, training for two hours a day on top of work, on top of school. Wow. Uh, and then I had about 20 or so clients in Orange County mm-hmm. uh, when I was living out there. And um, I, it's, it's a tough thing to do. So I kind of took a break. But now with quarantine, it's been really nice to kind of help people, you know, stay somewhat active. So I have a, a whole customized app and food plans that I send to people. And I have a good amount of clients right now that I kind of, talk to on a weekly basis and try to get them, you know, it's so hard to find a routine through all this madness. Oh, yeah. that, um, you know, if I can help at all and uh, it seems to be helping. So as right. long as I'm helping people, I'll keep doing it. Um, but fitness has kind of been a pillar and still is a pillar in my life. That's good. Um, yeah. You've always, have you've always been into sports when you were little? Yeah. So I grew up actually playing ice hockey in oh. Southern California, which is not something you hear a lot. Right. Um, but ice hockey. I played a little bit of football and soccer in, in high school as well. And um, I continue to play ice hockey if, if the rinks ever open up again. Wouldn't so, that be nice? Yeah, I was, I'm waiting on that one. Um, and then bodybuilding and, and lifting weights just kind of got me from a self-conscious chubby little Jewish kid in middle school to... Uh, you? Yeah. <laughs> I had the full, the full Jufro in effect too. And uh, Really? I got to yeah. see pictures. I really? You, you were chubby? I was a little, I was, I mean, I was short, so I held it mostly in my stomach, but okay, uh, yeah, I was a little, you know, you middle school, you're a little awkward. Oh yeah. Middle school is weird. Yeah. Yeah. So I think right. everybody says, you know, I picked up weights to try to impress girls. And then, uh, they say the first day you pick up a weight is the last day you're happy with your body. So, you know, uh-huh. it's, it's kind of a beautiful transformation into learning how to love, love the journey rather than just look for a destination. I like that. I yeah. feel like maybe that's helped you stay resilient throughout your lifetime is being an athlete and loving to work out. Am I right? Totally. I mean, it's, it kept structure in, in times where I really didn't have any structure. So mm-hmm. um, my work ethic and um, dedication, I think all kind of is entangled with, uh, you know, my, my rigorous schedule of working out and trying to stretch and, yeah. you know, it's all, it all comes together in kind of one crazy little symphony to, to help me stay on track with uh, the rest of my life. So the people who do yoga say that what they experience in yoga overflows into their life. And I get it. Holding that pose, breathing, focusing on the discomfort. I mean, th- these things, whether you're an athlete, whatever you do really helps you throughout life. And which leads me to the story of your parents. Cause I know, mm-hmm. I knew your dad was sick and then I had gone to the memorial service for him. This was years ago. Mm -hmm. And I had met your mom. Uh, 
years ago. And I think she was from Newton. Yep. Yeah, yep. because my grandmother is, was from Newton. And so we would talk about Newton and, um, and then I found out your mom was sick and I thought, wow, I mean, what you kids had to go through was unbelievable. I mean, were you surrounded when you lost your dad, your, your mom wasn't sick, right? No, no, she, she was, uh, so my dad struggled from 2007. He was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, and he was sick for six, five, five, six years. So it became kind of part of lifestyle. And I was, you know, gosh, uh, it was like 13, 14 when he first got sick. So it kind of, you know, I don't have a lot of memories before illness kind of was a part of our life. So, um, you know, kind of growing up with a dad who was in and out of treatment at the hospital, you know, six months out of the year, um, kind of just became the norm. And my, you know, my dad was a very particular, my mom was from Newton and my dad was from the Bronx, in oh, New York. Okay. So, you know, Super Bowl where the Giants played the Patriots, a real, uh, real tough, yeah. tough one for our household. But um, he was very no nonsense, tough New Yorker. Um, I'm going to kick the butt of anything that comes near me. He was and he never used the, the word, but by the way. No, no, I didn't. Know, I don't know what the uh, the age group is here in the, the podcast. No, no I know he's good. Keep it G. But <laughs> my dad was from New York, and he never oh, used yeah. the word "butt" either. So. No, yeah. no, I don't think the kind words were in his vocabulary. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, he he kind of taught me, you know, what it means to not stop. I mean, he until the day he died, he was working, saying, yeah. you know, I'm gonna be back from the hospital next week. I'll be, I'll be good. I'll be I'll be fine. What did he do for work? He actually really cool was, uh, had his own company. He did product placement and special editions for Ford, Land Rover, Jaguar, Aston Martin. So when you think of like James Bond, yeah. he did the cars for James Bond. So we would have those cars in our driveway while he's building the rockets on them. Oh, come on. All the Fast and Furious cars. <laughs> that super cool. He had uh, his own shipping company. So he would set them up for the commercial and then transport them. And uh, he was just, he was a logistical and uh, business genius. He didn't wow. graduate college. He only had his associate's degree, moved out here and somehow made his way into, <laughs> into uh, a big organiza organization and decided that he could do it better. So, Amazing. yeah, yeah, he did. And he did pretty well. I mean, he was able to afford a nice house in Orange County, mm -hmm. three kids, support his wife, who was a stay-at-home mom. Right. Uh, but you know, it kind of goes back to having that structure and having that self-care and yes. he would, he would work 20 hours a day. I mean, he, whoa, yeah, That's he was much. a workaholic. Yeah. He was a workaholic. He didn't have a lot of time for family. And I think that was his way of showing us that he loved us was I'm working so hard so that you can have what I couldn't. Um, I see. And that's what got him sick was all the stress and the anger and the money you know dealing with money and people right. and he had a lot of difficulty letting go which is something i think we all learned to i'm definitely kind of on that same tree and the branch of that tree of right like learning to delegate and like you were saying with yoga deep breathe let it go and yes do what you can do yeah i know i've reached a point especially now with what's going on where i'll say you know i just can't do that i need you to do that 
it's I'm I'm overwhelmed, like articulating what I need, what I can't do instead of wanting to be superwoman and do it all. Yeah. You know, well, I think that takes a lot more practice and and uh, strength than people give it credit for, because, gosh, when I, when I try to do it anytime, it's just it's almost impossible. So right. that's something I think, you know, a lot of people over overlook. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So then how soon after did your mom get sick? So he passed away. My dad passed away in 2011. My mom got sick in 2012. So um, my, oh, my come on. like a year May. later, not a even year, a year. not even a year later, <laughs> not even a year. So May um, and she was diagnosed in like December, January. So, mm. yeah. And uh, that was that was that hit us really hard because we within five days of my dad passing away, we were it was in 2011 during the stock market crash and we were kicked out of our house uh, that we had. Yeah. So, you know, we couldn't afford to pay money, you know, it's not cheap to get sick. I'll just put it that way. Right. It's expensive to be sick. So a lot of money was going towards that, going towards mm-hmm. keeping my brother, my sister, and myself in private schools. And um, thankfully I had gotten a scholarship to where I went and Good. You know, it was, it was a blessing and a curse to kind of be in, in that situation, you know, right. um, feeling like we're taking so much, but yeah, we were, we were evicted from our home and had to move and sit Shiva in a different house and uh that that fast that fast so but I mean in that you know you talk about the Jewish community and the community as a whole it was beautiful we got someone to come you know somebody had a moving company who came and helped us with moving right. and it wasn't you know it was stressful um but it wasn't overwhelming it, it was you know handleable which right. I, I don't know what that means in that time, <laughs> that time scenario, but to me, looking back now, it wasn't like something that was broke the, the straw on the camel's back. It was right. to have that. Well, you had a network of people that really yeah. jumped in to help and your totally. mom's sister or best friend. I remember meeting somebody. Yeah. So my aunt, my mom's sister who lives up in the Bay area in San Francisco, mm-hmm. she um, has kind of been my rock throughout this, my and my siblings rock and, um, I actually went out there and right after my mom died, she said, you know, if, if you want to be here, you know, come live here. And I was going to school in Orange County and she actually drove to the community college and found out what classes transfer, what, what I needed to do. And if it was too late, it was just all during winter break. So that two uh-huh. weeks and uh, within a week I said, you know what, screw it. I'm moving to uh, the Bay area. Good. And yeah, I ended up, one of my gosh, six junior colleges that I went to. <laughs> so I'm waiting for Guinness to call me on that. <laughs> if you don't call them, I will, because that's yeah. that's pretty unbelievable. You know? So yeah. you went to these junior colleges. You went to Sonoma. Yeah. So and- I, I kind of I started out at uh, kind of at UC Irvine. It was a big um, yeah. sports system. Was the guys I met through UC Irvine. Okay. And then I ended up dropping out when she got sick and going to junior college and then up north for junior college. So, and you got a bachelor's degree because I looked at you on LinkedIn <laughs> in medical anthropology. What is that? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I thought I was going to do medical school. And okay. so uh, the idea is everybody does like bio or chem and it doesn't stand out anymore. So, oh. 
I love social science. I love understanding people. I love psychology. Anthropology is the study of like how we've come to be mm-hmm. um, in a kind of broad sense. Um, and so I took mostly anthro classes um, and then biologic or medical anthropology was a huge, um, you know, it's a huge interest of mine. So I took pre-med classes. I took medical anthropology classes. I took some forensic anthropology classes, which is super interesting. Amazing. Uh, yeah. And it was, it was a lot of fun to, to uh, get to learn something that, that interests me. Um, yeah. Going back, I wish, I wish I was a little bit more dedicated in school, but it's a tough time to be, you know. It's good you even went to school. Some people yeah. might've just dropped out and said, screw it. I'm mourning the loss of my parents and this is too much. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, like submersing I mean, yourself is yeah. excellent. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, doing I did two two jobs throughout school. I ended up graduating with distinctions and honors. Um, I actually was the pole bearer for the the social science school, so I got to stand up with the big pole and nice. Um, so I, I mean, I feel like I got a lot done, but it's kind of like the the college experience was not quite the uh, the same for someone who's helping supporting their younger siblings, still dealing with. Um, you know, financial issues for my mother. And, yeah. and uh, so the, the, the community is there, but the aftermath, people don't realize kind of yeah. how you step up for yourself and, and make those, right. you know, those sacrifices. Yeah. Because as I always say, uh, healing and well, grief is a very personal journey. Like no one can tell you, you know, okay, time to move on. Like you still feel the void of the people that you've lost. Yeah. No matter who they are, you know, friends, family, and it's a very personal experience, but what you did, like having that flow state, submersing yourself in something is everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I mean, you talk about grief and you talk about flow and it really is such a, such a personal thing for each individual. Like for me, my parents' birthdays don't really mean any, like it doesn't affect me at all, mm-hmm. but Mother's Day and Father's Day are just heart-wrenching. Yes. Um, and, you know, like... Hanukkah, Christmas time, not really that bad for me, but Mm -hmm. Thanksgiving is really tough. Yes. So it's, it's interesting to see how each person individualizes their grief and um, works through it. So what do you do for Thanksgiving? Do you go to your aunt's house? Yeah. So lately I've been going to my aunt's house this year. It's, we're getting closer and uh, she's actually in remission for breast cancer. So Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Not even a year after my mom passes. Oh, she, uh, yeah, she, it was, it was awful. She's so funny because she uh, sat us down and she just kept saying, you're going to kill me. You're going to kill me. <laughs> you're going to kill me. <laughs> yeah. She was more upset about how it was going to make us feel. Because she's so kind. Yeah. She's yeah. just, you know, she's seen what we've been through and, yeah. but she's doing really well now. And uh, I'm going to try to find a way to get a rapid COVID test and, and go out there for Thanksgiving and Good. be surrounded by family. Yeah, um, that's so important. It really is. It really is. So tell me how you got to where you are now, because I was getting messages like, I'm in the OR, and I'm like, go Zach. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not sure who let me near the sharp objects, but um, I'm really enjoying uh, what I'm doing. I kind of, I started, you know, working with the, the same hospital that my dad was was uh, at City of Hope, oh, and yeah. uh, I got a job with them right out of college doing um, stem cell transplant coordination for for uh, blood cancer patients, mostly pediatric patients. So I would basically go out and try to find more donors on the registry, help coordinate those donors, help um, find new patients, work with the patients to 
organize their community and then be in the hospital with them and, and kind of going through their treatment with them. And it was, it was amazing, but it's, it's very eye opening, and um, you lose a few patients and it's just, it's, it's hard. So really hard. Yeah. I knew I wanted to continue to give back. So um, I got a, got another job with uh, another medical organization that does um, device consulting for orthopedic surgeons. So now kind of nobody, (laughs) the joke is nobody codes in, in, an orthopedic room because you're working on bones so right it's a little bit easier good that, in that way um but yeah i, I kind of walk in and talk to the doctors about a complicated fracture or a complicated soft tissue issue and um, see how we can consult them and work with them to get the best products for the patient that's and, so interesting yeah and then in, in in surgery i'm walking through the surgical tech on what drills to use how to prep the surgeon um and then sometimes the surgeons will have questions about you know, we've seen the, the operations more times than they have, because that's what we do on a daily basis. So they'll have questions about, you know, um, degree angulation of the drill, how the best form the, the soft tissue to the bone, what the best is for casting and splinting. So just kind of helping to better patient outcomes. Um, so basically, so. um, your company provides the devices and then you walk through the staff about how the proper, let's say installation of the device kind of thing. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like that. Okay. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a lot of kind of have to know what you're doing and, and think it on the feet a little bit too, when, when something doesn't work right, because, you know, yeah. you never know everybody's anatomically different. So you right. can walk into a situation where the normal fix doesn't quite work for that person. So, mm-hmm. you know, yesterday we had a really complicated one where it was, it was actually very large man. So we couldn't use the normal stuff that we normally do. So trying to kind of walk through the steps with the surgeon and understand the best way to, to help him was, uh, was super eye-opening to me. You'd always learn. Yeah. Did you ever, were you ever squeamish at stuff like this or no? Not really. I'm always the guy who's looking at somebody giving me, you know, my flu shot or taking my blood. Oh, that's not me. <laughs> I'm, crazy. No? I'm like, just do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so funny. I, I, uh, we did a, a cadaver lab the other day and I'm, you know, picking up severed feet from, uh, this is funny. <laughs> well, I'm driving around with them and I'm thinking, I really hope I don't get pulled over. Cause I'm going to have to try to explain why there's three severed feet oh my in the back of my car. <laughs> so How creepy. It's, it's weird. What, what gets me squeamish, squeamish, but, uh, this has never been one of it. It's, it's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> so I end up in, you know, inland empire area right now, just you know, after I've moved all over California and this has been, you know, it's kind of like we talked about, it's part of the journey, not the destination. So really enjoying aspects of of what I'm doing right now and, and how I can better myself through, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, there's no set schedule. I get sometimes get Mm -hmm. calls at 10 at night about something that's the next morning and you Mm -hmm. have to get the implants to this facility to be sterilized. So, um, this has kind of been a, a, huge challenge to me and learning how to fit my own fitness schedule, fit my clients, fit my, my even just time to like relax, relax is so yeah, it's important. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. it's interesting how quickly self-preservation and self-care can go out the window. Right. Um, so, you know, I have gotten really good at spending two, three hours uh, on Sunday making food for the whole week. And good. Um, it seems like the crazier 
I get, the better I feel. So the more that's how it works though. The busier you are, right? The more things, but but also you're in this world uh doing great things for people. I mean, look what you're doing, you know. Whether you're driving around cadavers or you know, but no, you're in the OR helping yeah. you're in, you're part of the process to help save somebody in some way. Yeah. Well, you that's, know? that's when I saw my parents and I saw healthcare, I wasn't quite sure that I wanted to be a, a doctor, you know, talking with patients all day. Right. I just feel like the, the system is so strained right now. It's in need yeah. of a major rehaul, but um, I, I vouched to myself, you know, watching them go through sickness and watching the community come together and, and, um, you know, I took care of my mom when she was in hospice. I converted my room for her. I, you know, bathed her. It was, it was mm. a whole ordeal. And seeing how that affects someone and, you know, mm. I, I just didn't see a reason not to spend my life trying to somewhat give back in, in any right. way I could. So, yeah. um, you know, the, the thought had crossed my head of going and just doing some other form of sales or something that would mm-hmm. make me you know, build me up, but it's, it's, I want to stay centered around building other people. And I think, well, it's meaningful. Yeah, exactly. You've created a meaningful life, whether you're helping people build a routine of working out in a time of chaos, right. Mm -hmm. We feel very isolated or, you know, doing something in healthcare. It's amazing. And your mom was a fighter. I mean, she, am I right to say that at the end she was on an experimental drug for lung cancer? Yeah. So what ended up happening was she, she was given three years with this experimental drug and the way experimental treatments work is because they're always being reevaluated. Um, if you have to go up in dosage, but you don't see quality results, they kick you off the study. So oh. she was going through, she had about three years of positive trending and it was one time where she just didn't trend upward. And I remember being in the hospital with her and the doctor was, it, it was, it was a really awful, I mean, it, there needs to be a, maybe a bedside manner conversation with, with this gentleman, but it was yeah. like, yeah, you're not doing well this month. So you're done. We're, we're kicking off my, uh, my MA will go through everything else with you. And that was it. So yeah, after that, it was a pretty quick decline. So, I mean, I remember year, year one and a half, two, we went to Hawaii as a family and she was, she was doing shots with me and uh, <laughs> she was, it was, it was trying to hit on girls with me. It was, it was cool. She's uh, she was always the life of the party. I got to yeah. say. Um, I adored made, her really. Yeah. She was, I mean, she, my sister moved up her bar mitzvah so that she could be there. And um, it ended up being like, I think it was on my mom's birthday. And nice. it was just the most beautiful culmination of everything together. And, you know, they, they didn't give her, they gave her a month after she got off experimental treatment and it was about another year. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, she made it to December. Of yeah. 2015. Yeah. Because I remember I was telling you before we started, she passed away December 2nd. My dad passed away December 4th. And it just like walloped me when I heard about your mom, I was all set to come to the funeral. And then I heard about my dad two days later. And I remember, I think I sent you a message saying, I can't come. I'm so sorry. Here's why. Yeah. And he had stage four colon cancer. Yeah. So it was like this feeling of any day now, you know, like it was nothing they could do for him at that point. But so I want you to share uh, 
any advice you have for people that are going through something like, like this right now, where they have a family member that's sick, maybe they haven't been able to see them, you know, what can they do to take care of themselves? Yeah, I, I feel very privileged to have gone through what I did before, you know, the current time and climate that we're in is just, it's debilitating. I can cannot imagine being away from someone, a loved one right now who's sick because of, because of those issues. Um, unfortunately, we lost my grandfather um, right at the beginning. So my, my mom's father, oh. right, right at the beginning of, of COVID. Um, actually, a couple I'm months. I'm so sorry. That's, it's, oh. he was, he was a fight. I mean, gosh, heart attack and two strokes. And he oh. lived through all that. I was, he's crazy. So he, um, he was, he was difficult to, you know, especially being up North, I couldn't visit him. I couldn't see him, but mm-hmm. just even videoing him in or giving a phone call or going and sitting outside um, is, was super helpful. I just, right. you know, I implore people to, to push and, and see those people. But on top of that, make sure that you're checking in with yourself because, you know, when my, my dad first got sick, I was in the mentality of, I'm just going to run forward and do and do, 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 and not have to feel. And that's a, that's a tough way of, of, I'm still dealing with, you know, skeletons because of right. going through the process. But my mom. Wait, excuse me. It's kind of so, like, I'm fine. I can handle it. Exactly. Right. Exactly. It's yeah. like, I don't, you know, it, nobody, you get that mentality of like, nobody cares. You're, everybody's doing something. I'm just going to keep trucking along, but people do care. Yeah. Um, you'd be surprised how many people, if you put your hand up and said, I need somebody publicly how many people would be like, I I'm here, you know, I'll call you, you call me, I'll come over. What do you need? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, especially with my mother, like I, I got into therapy as soon as she got sick and right. um, I'm a huge believer. And, you know, it's like, it's like having a car and never getting an oil change. You, you, you've got yeah. to sit down and, and think about your thoughts, whether that's with someone or whether that's, you know, I do every week goal setting and, and thinking about the prior week, how I could have improved, how I could, um, reach out to more people, what, what I can do to help as much as possible. I think people need to put more of an emphasis on themselves. What do yeah. I need right now? Turn off the TV and yeah. take a second to really, you know, do I need to talk to someone? Do I need to reach out to that friend? Do I need to, you know, what, what can I do for myself right now? Right. Um, because if you don't, if you put it on the back burner, you're going to, it's going to, you're going to implode. You know, you're right. Weeks or months right. later. You yeah. can't suppress all that stuff. No. And yeah. I think that's, that's kind of the, the foundation of sickness is trying to hold down all that stress, that anger. And um, people underestimate how much emotion can hold on to your physical and mental. But if you're mentally off, you will become physically sick. The brain controls everything. So being mentally sound and doing what you need to do, keeping yourself healthy, keeping yourself happy is the first thing to go out the window, but it's the most important thing. So, you know, for anybody in that situation, even if it's me, I mean, I don't, I don't mind you reach out to me and I will, I will give you a call or a text back and, and be happy to help. I've had friends who unfortunately been in similar situations and it's, it's a, it's a strange bond we have, but um, you know, it's nice to know that you're not alone. Yes. So So where can people reach you? Oh, um, they can email, I guess is the best, is the best way. Um, my first name is Zachary. My last name Ferber, F-A-E-R-B-E-R at gmail.com. All right. Um, I'm on Instagram and Facebook too. So feel free to 
try to reach out to me there too. I'm, I'm more than happy to, you know, have conversations or whatever I can do to help. Um, but yeah, I mean, the main, the main thing, especially in this time is to like take a second and realize we've never been in this situation. Never. And give yourself a break and right. uh, do, do something for yourself. Be kind to you. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. I agree. Well, I have loved this and I want to thank you so much for taking your time to talk to me. Yeah, of course. I really appreciate everything you do. I, you know, you reached out to me and I checked out the podcast and I'm so impressed by the, the, you know, the nature of everybody who's been on here and everybody's opened up and it's beautiful what you're doing to kind of put this out there in the world for others. So thank you. Yeah.